Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here alongside my good friend from the Bucks Radio Network, Justin Garcia, as we always do on this show. And the episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked on sent you. And we had a little three-day weekend here on the podcast, Justin. I've said it. We're in off-season mode. When the content is there, when we've got stuff to roll through, we'll... We will get it to you guys, but uh, still at least minimum three episodes per week. So keep uh, an eye out on your feeds. If you're just joining us for the first time, we really appreciate it. It's really only a month until training camp tips off here, Justin. So we haven't got too long to wait. And I have teased this before, and I don't think I've actually told you this. So maybe you should be bracing yourself for this. But many people might have seen across the network that YouTube is becoming... A, uh, a thing that we're doing here at Locked On. Locked On Bucks has been a little bit behind the times, mostly because all these other franchises were getting into YouTube through May and through June, and we had better things to do, Justin. But I think it's coming soon-ish, soon-ish. I don't know what the YouTube audience is going to be like to start. I don't know whether people have any desire to look at us while we do this podcast, Justin, but uh, it'll be a little bit of a change. It'll be a bit of fun. Have you, uh, have you told Frank? about this and is he aware because uh, I, I, I do recall because <laughs> <laughs> i do recall uh during the regular season having you on a couple of times on the courtside live our friend eric name and uh trying to get frank on there which i did but then explaining to him so it's on camera now so i'm gonna need you to turn on your camera and look presentable that was uh that took some massaging so uh, good luck with uh, the youtube component of this show yeah i haven't told him yet I think Frank likes to podcast in a dark room. So maybe when he's on the podcast and we're doing our post-game pods, as we always do, maybe it'll just be you'll look, be looking at me and then just a, a dark screen or something with a, with a pair of eyes or something like that. I'm not 100% sure. I haven't broken it to him, so you're right. Uh, we will wait and see what happens there. But uh, it'll be over the next few weeks, the next month, certainly in the off-season. I want to get it, get it tested, get it out there for the people and see if we can... Extend the audience. It's been such a huge year for the show. There's no doubt about that. We're about to blast through 1 million downloads again this season, which normally happens in December. The two years I've done it, it happened around December. We're only in August here still, and we're about to uh, crush that uh, number right there. So that's what happens when you win a championship. We really appreciate it. Tell you what else happens when you win a championship, Justin. If you're a finals MVP, if you've signed an extension in a city, if you are one of the most loved people in the state of Wisconsin right now and from Bucks fans across the world. Uh, you can't even go to the mall. You can't even go to the supermarket without it being almost a reenactment of an NBA championship parade. You look at his offseason with uh, obviously the biggest things is the uh, NBA Finals MVP and bringing a championship to Milwaukee. But as if he isn't beloved enough, 
shows up at State Fair and in total dad mode there. Um, goes to Mayfair Mall, has the mall basically shut down by his appearance there. Becomes a part owner of the Brewers, is ringside at AEW Dynamite in the event taking place in Milwaukee. I mean, it's been the summer of Giannis. It's interesting because we've spoke about pressure. And on this show, I've had a number of people uh, tweet at me and say, geez, you guys haven't spoken a lot about Chris Milton since they won the title. And I think you're right. So we're going to talk about Chris Milton today. But I was just looking at some Twitter stuff with Giannis and all those events and appearances that you uh, mentioned there. And it's just really cool to see. I think we all looked back at last offseason and things were a little bit different when you think about the state of the pandemic in the US and, and how people were moving around and doing different things. And there was only such a short period uh, before the NBA season started. But we had a few questions in the mailbag last week and I believe we even discussed it. We spoke about the fact that pressure is going to be relieved from this team. And I think it starts at the top, obviously, with the ownership and John Horst and then it comes down to Bud and Giannis and Chris Milton and all these guys that have been there before. But one of the things that I think makes Giannis so lovable is that obviously he's a great personality, but he's been such a family guy that he doesn't really do a lot. Like I lived in Milwaukee for a number of years and I only saw him once or twice outside of the basketball arena. And, you know, fortunately, most of the times he was just doing his own thing. No one really bothered him. Clearly that's changed now. But I think he's also inviting that. I think that you can see a guy that understands that he's hero, understands that he's much loved in the city of Milwaukee. He's embraced the town. He said it's his city. But I think he always said that he loved Milwaukee and it was a second home for him. But at the same time, he, he probably, and this is me guessing, he probably still felt the pressure that as much as he said all those things, the title was the thing that the fans wanted. It was what he wanted. It's what the city needed from a basketball perspective. And now he can fully unlock the Wisconsin sporting legend status uh, that he's clearly got. Yeah, and uh, it, it would have – we I joked about it at the top. But, I mean, it would have been easy for Giannis to – just kind of retreat and be a hermit throughout the off season and spend more time in Greece and vacationing and getting in the very, very compressed off season that he's going to have once again, just using that to be around his family and kind of being out of the public eye. But everything he said going, you know, not just this past year and starting in December when he signed the extension to remain here in Milwaukee, but throughout his time here, everything he said about the community and about the organization and how, this is his home, and they've embraced him. I mean, we hear athletes and a ton of public figures say things of that nature over and over, but for Giannis to really back it up and do it in the biggest offseason and biggest calendar year of his life, I mean, that is what really shows you how much different he is from everyone else when you can hear, yeah, Giannis isn't like the rest of the stars, and Giannis is cut from a different cloth. I mean, it's, it's basically the last, what, five weeks that show you why he is different and why everybody has said that, that show me the other athlete that's, that's going to do the same thing and spend his offseason the way that Giannis has. It does make you wonder what's next for Giannis with all this uh, off-court stuff that he's doing, his celebrity is rising, and at the same time still being the family man. And this, again, which makes him uh, relatable, not relatable, and the fact that the guy has signed the greatest contract in NBA history and he's a... Uh, you know, going to go down as, as one of the greats to play the game as we know and certainly a unique superstar that he's that he's doing it all in Milwaukee but 
he's still the family man. He's at the baseball. He's got uh, he's got Liam there. They're having a great time. They both got their Brewers jerseys on. He's at the mall and he's still carrying around uh, Liam and uh, a second baby there. I don't know. I, I don't speculate on these types of things, but. You know, he, he's still the same guy hanging hanging out uh, with his partner and his family there, which is what uh, makes him so lovable. And, of course, the best thing about all this for us, for everyone that enjoys watching Giannis play basketball, that sometimes gets a little bit forgotten. And as, after he signed that extension, it kind of got swept under the carpet. But the extension hasn't even started yet. Well, actually, I don't know technically what date. Uh, the the NBA calendar switches over. Starts, yeah. So maybe it has technically started, but either way, uh, this was the incredible thing about the extension. He still had one year left. We didn't have to go through all that free agency. Uh, it's uh, it's just getting started here in Milwaukee. Yeah, it's and even in uh, in over the course of of this show and the few minutes we've been talking. I mean, I know I just laid out the last five weeks, but as as you pointed to the calendar year and that's when the league officially begins. I mean, if we look at the last year starting the first week of December and everything that has been in there for Giannis, I mean, we talked about some of the forgotten performances the last time I was on the show and we talked about what he did in Portland, but there was a number of games like that, obviously during the regular season, they were signing the extension. There was, Oh, by the way, winning the all-star game MVP, (laughs) but it just seems like this is the year where everything kept building for him. And uh, obviously the biggest moment to date of his career in, in professional life coming during the NBA finals, that when you think back to all those moments, it's still hard to believe that this all has happened over the course of the last, what, eight months. I reckon if he didn't sign that extension, there would have been a lot of Bucks fans this offseason sweating on the decision, uh, which brings us to sweat block. And fortunately, you didn't have to sweat over the free agency decision of Giannis. He tied that up last offseason. But, uh, you know, there are a few things in life that aren't fun to talk about. And one of them is definitely excessive sweating. You know, when you're sweating through your shirts for no reason, it's, uh, it's embarrassing. It is. It is. You know, you don't want to be choosing between the gray shirt that you can't wear because it's 90 degrees there in Wisconsin, stinking uh, hot humidity. It's killing you. Sweat block wipes is what we're going to talk about today. They're doctor created, doctor recommended. They work for up to seven days per use. And there is a dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. It's a bestseller on Amazon, has been for the past 10 years with over 13,000 reviews. So I know this is going to sound too good to be true, but you only have to use sweat block once or twice a week and it will keep you dry the whole time. No more pitting out. No more picking your shirts based on which one. We'll hide sweat better, so feel free to chuck the gray shirt back into the rotation. You can get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on, or you can buy it at Amazon or CVS. And uh, what about our friends at Indeed? General managers asking questions uh, to find the right players all the time. We're just talking about free agency. Do they have ice in their veins? Are they able to hit that big shot? How are they going to stand up in the clutch when you're hiring? You can use Indeed assessments to help make sure you find candidates with the skills you need. And we're about to talk about Chris Milton. So that's, that's really a perfect segue there. But when hiring gets hard, you need Indeed, the job site that makes hiring incredibly simple, just attract, interview, and hire. In fact, when Indeed, uh, you can, with Indeed, you can do all your hiring in one place, even the interviewing. Uh, don't just hope your perfect candidate will find you. Indeed's hiring tools help you cut through the noise to hire faster and smarter. 
In fact, Indeed's instant match provides a list of quality candidates whose resumes are on Indeed the moment you post a sponsored job. So you can get started right now with $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. That's a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through September 30th. My brother's birthday, that is. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Justin, let's get back into it with some Chris Middleton talk. So I think this was a fair assessment from a couple of our listeners that reached out and said, I don't think you've done enough talking about Chris Middleton, which does make sense because it kind of summarizes Chris Middleton's career. I think for the most part, despite the fact he's been a really, really important and significant player in the rise of the Bucks from all the way back in the 15-win season to winning a championship. He always has been a guy that's been much maligned. I think a big part of that was the fact that he was, he was with Giannis the whole way. He's a shooter, can be a little bit streaky at times. But I was listening to the Drew Holiday podcast with JJ Redick uh, last week or a few days ago. I was able to catch up on that. Did you, did you listen to that, by the way? I didn't hear it yet, no. Well, you know, Drew's obviously always fantastic to listen to and I recommend everyone goes and checks it out. It's on YouTube there or, or wherever you listen to, to that podcast. But Drew was asked about Chris Milton and I think one of the traits that stands out to me, and it's always been the case with Chris, but it really came to the forefront during this playoff run was his ability to not necessarily dominate games from start to finish, but dominate when the team really needed him to or be that guy that is a bucket getter, which is a little bit of a cliche term that people throw out there, but it was, it was the best way to describe what Chris Middleton was for this Bucks team. And Drew Holiday was asked about that specifically. And he kind of said that Chris Middleton, his, his unique personality allows him to, whether he's making shots, whether he's not making shots, you never really are able to tell. With Chris, you can never really see it on him. He never really acts any different in the timeouts or, or post-game or pre-game. And I think that we see that come through the TV. I mean, this guy's hit some of the biggest shots in franchise history over the last couple of months here. And he never really celebrated those with you know any extra, anything added. It was just the same old Chris Milton. This is what we've got to see for years. But I think personality-wise, that's why he's been criticized a lot because he's a little bit laconic. Uh, his inconsistency, does he really care about that? Is he frustrated about that? He, he's not emotive. You never really get any sense of, of how he's feeling out on the court. But I also think that the personality of Chris Milton is why he has been able to mesh so well with Giannis on the court, which I think is a unique part of this relationship with those two that has helped the Bucks get to where they've got to. Yeah, the um, the most, I mean, other than after game six in the finals, the, the most emotion we had seen from Chris was probably what, game one against Miami with the game winner. And, and you know, as we've all talked about, you think about the levity of that game where it, it still feels a little absurd to suggest maybe the series goes differently if the Bucks lose that game just because of how we saw them completely handle and shut down Miami over the course of those four games. But still, this is a team that eliminated you last year. It was a tight game all the way down to that final shot by Chris in game one. 
and uh, in overtime. And, and who knows? Maybe if they lose that game, it's a much different series. So I think they certainly felt the magnitude of that moment. And, and for Chris to display the emotion, I think, showed what all the players felt, especially Giannis and Chris and Brooke and the guys that were a part of that team, majority of the guys that were a part of that team uh, last year when they lost to Miami. So you don't really see it. And I think part of Chris being, you know, I think it's started to change recently, thankfully, with the fan base, but part of him being underappreciated and, and just not recognized nationally, I, I think is basically the demeanor and the way that he carries himself and how it's, you know, he doesn't really make a big stink over it. And oftentimes that gets misconstrued as somebody that's just aloof and maybe doesn't care as much. And it's, it's certainly not the case with Chris. He's just kind of a go with the flow guy and he knows what his role is on this team, but he also is willing to step up in the big moments, which we saw through the course of his 23 games in the playoffs this year. And, and I, I agree. I think that that demeanor and the way that he has carried himself has really helped him mesh with Giannis. I think it, it also took some time for coach Budenholzer to adjust to it, but those two adjusted to each other. And that's been a great relationship these last uh, three years. But I mean, with Chris Middleton, it, it's just remarkable with what he's been able to accomplish in his Bucks career. When you think about so often he's been the forgotten guy or just the, oh, by the way, he's here too. I mean, it started with him coming to Milwaukee as a throw-in in the trade. And, and you can say John Hammond saw this or that, and, and they thought he would be a good player. And maybe they did. But the fact of the matter was that was Brandon Jennings for Brandon Knight, and we're getting Chris Middleton too. So he was a throw-in, or at least the second thought in that deal. Uh, even you know Giannis we can talk about, and Chris taking a backseat to him, but Jabari Parker was in that mix as well. So this has been throughout his career, he's had to deal with getting the second or third scraps here on the team, and he's been fine with it, and not only fine, but found ways to excel in that role. And you know it's something that you just – you don't see a whole lot of players reach the heights that Chris has in that role because it's a tough role to accept. And I know I talked about it. I think you and I had talked about it a couple of times, a couple of off seasons ago when Chris was a free agent and you know, the, the discussion, which half of the people didn't seem to understand. It's not as though you can not sign Chris and then go spend it on somebody else because of the way the salary cap works. But even if you could, show me the other player that you can bring in and say, we're not necessarily tailoring the offense to you. And yeah, you're the second best player on this team in theory, but the team runs through Giannis and it's a team concept and, and we need you to play defense too. So there's going to be a lot of nights where maybe you're not going to score 20. You're definitely not going to score 30. We need you to be fine with that and play within the system, help Giannis succeed. And oh, by the way, we need you to play defense. I mean, there's just not a lot of guys at the level Chris is at that are going to willingly accept all of that. And not only did he accept it, but he thrived in that role. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up Jabari Parker within that conversation that you had there. Of course, the other important notes, when you look at the, uh, the way Chris Middleton's career has, has sort of come forward and, and that was the, the serious hamstring injury and the, and the surgery that took him out for almost the entirety of the 2017 season. And if you remember back, that came right on the heels of a 2016 season where the Bucks clearly took a major step back. 
there were starting to be question marks over Jason Kidd. What the hell's going on with this defense? Why did it go from number two to being absolutely terrible? They've been figured out. Why is there no plan B? It sounds familiar, actually. We've heard that. Why is there no plan B with the coach? But we saw this start to play out with Jason Kidd. And it was around this period where I think Chris Middleton went from being one of the best two-way players in the league to then suffering this really serious injury. And all of a sudden, people are like, oh, geez, he's not really defending at the level he was defending before. When ultimately, I think a big part of it was the defense wasn't working as as a team. So then Chris Milton sort of found himself, for mine anyway, in this weird spot where he was kind of a scorer, but the team hadn't even really believed that he was the number two on the roster when you think about Jabari Parker being there and him trying to come back from the ACL surgeries. And then even to the point where they traded for Eric Bledsoe and he came into this team and it's like, well, okay, well, maybe he's the second best player on this team. He's probably more aggressive offensively. And so I think the emergence of Chris Milton, a big part of it, and I always go back to this, and I've mentioned it before on the show, was his time that he initially spent with Team USA and Greg Popovich. And, and this goes back and this predates the, the Mike Budenholzer days, uh, I believe. It, was, it might have been the, the offseason just before when Bud was signed, I, I, I'm, unless I've got it wrong. I think it was, around, it was that offseason there, 2018-19, after that season. Uh, sorry, 2017-18. And... He said this, and I think probably the most telling part of all this was what Greg Popovich said about Chris Milton. And he said, well, we were a few sessions in and, and I really just had to sit Chris down and say, I, I don't know why you feel this way or I don't know why you, you don't have the comfort level that you should have playing amongst these guys, but you're here for a reason. You are the, the player that, that has been selected to be with this group because everyone here thinks that you belong except maybe you. <laughs> and, and that was the way he sort of described it. Middleton said it was a big moment for him and that conversation in particular, helping him believe that he should be among that group. Uh, no, maybe no coincidence, later on that season, he picked up his first All-Star berth. And then from there, things continued to roll. I, I want to talk about a specific incident that happened earlier in the first season with Mike Budenholzer at Madison Square Garden. I was fortunate enough to be there. And I, I thought it was an interesting period for Middleton. We knew that free agency was coming up. So I want to get to that after I talk about Rock Auto because with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and then wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand's their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So save time and money. Don't choose, 30, don't choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers. They've been doing it for over 20-plus years. So you can go and explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for your auto parts needs. Just go to rockauto.com. See all the parts available for your car or truck and right locked on in the how did you hear about us box today and then we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So I mentioned this game early in the 2019 season against the New York Knicks. The Bucks go down to the Knicks. It was a shock. They were playing pretty well to start the season. Uh, perhaps hadn't hit full gear, but they certainly were having a, a promising start to the Mike Budenholzer era. They lose this game. Uh, it was overtime, I believe. Chris Milton was benched late in that game, didn't come back on. 
And I think that there was frustration. There was clearly frustration from Bud. I think we, myself and Matt Velasquez, got down to the press conference. I think it, he was done by the time we got down there. He answered two questions, I think, to Katie George and then walked off. He didn't want to, he didn't want to discuss it anymore. Chris Milton, after the game, took responsibility, said, that's oh, my fault. I wasn't doing the things the team wanted to win. But it was an interesting point because he was clearly struggling to fit in with the offense and what Bud wanted him to do, shoot more threes, uh, space the floor for Giannis. They were trying to go through the process of optimizing the offense for Giannis. But there was a couple of times through that first season, and I already mentioned he was an all-star. He had a fantastic season, but there was a couple of times there where you could sense a little bit of frustration from him. There was another game where he'd been on an extended shooting streak where we've all seen Chris before, and he said that. He, he, I asked him the question, he answered and said, well, anyone that's watched the Bucks for a few years knows this happens to me. It'll be fine. I'll get through it. It was a little bit frustrated. It was almost like he was taking a little bit of a shot at the fans because the criticism was starting to come thick and fast. We knew free agency was coming, but you know, I, I wonder... With all this, with the Team USA stuff, going to the All-Star game, figuring this stuff out with Bud being around a coaching staff that was really supportive and wanting him to expand his game and try different things and take more responsibility, it was a process for him. But ultimately, I think you bunch all those things together and you found a more confident uh, Chris Milton that was able to play alongside Giannis in this offense. Well, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the everything that... I guess you would say was kind of swirling around there in the first uh, what month and a half of the season. Cause that Knicks game was I like, I think December 1st or 2nd, it was very, very early in December. And um, you know, as you pointed to Chris was about to hit the market as a free agent. And there were a lot of changes to this team that obviously they changed the system and we saw let it fly and more and more three point shooting that we, we had all commented during preseason of, you know, we knew with bud coming in, there was going to be some changes to the way that the offense was. Um, but seeing those preseason games where the bucks are jacking up 40 plus threes and you're thinking, Holy cow, is, is this what this team is going to be like? You know, it, it's one thing to say it's big changes for everyone, but it, it really seemed like the most changes were for Chris Middleton. That Yes, Giannis was going to be changing and asked how he was changed to attack and play, but Giannis is the star. And this offense and this team is going to revolve around him and putting him in the best position to succeed. So those changes, it's still going to be tailored to him. But for Chris, that was the thing of, we need more three-point shooting, and we need you to kind of give up all that mid-range stuff and move away from everything that's in your comfort level and embrace this new style of play. And I think that's really what we saw in the first month or so of the season is a lot of probably frustration of trying to adapt to a new system and play a different way and not necessarily accentuate his strengths, that there was a lot of frustration that was boiling over. And, and I think a lot of that was kind of hashed out between the two of them behind the scenes. And we started to gradually see more and more of the mid range from Chris Middleton, not so much that first year, but as you know, the two years would unfold with Bud after that, we've seen the Bucks embrace more of that and, and kind of utilizing here as his strengths. But it, it's easy to, to point to that and say, and I know there was a lot of takes that look wildly inaccurate now that were made at the time, but you know, if you take a step back, you can see the frustration and that a lot of these changes are impacting Chris the most. And it's 
I had to work all throughout my career collegiately to get to the NBA, to become a G League and D League player that eventually made his way to the NBA and carve out rotational minutes and become a starter in this league that, you know, every step has been about work for me. And I feel like I finally started to get to that level. And now somebody's coming in and they're changing most of what I did before that. I think that was a lot of the frustration, but as we saw the two of them reconvene and iron things out, it only made, I think both of them better. Cause as we mentioned, you know, we certainly saw it during the playoffs, but we saw Bud really start to adapt a little more to Chris Middleton. And, and in turn, Chris Middleton you know, turned into, he's going to be one of the best players in franchise history. And I don't think that happens if there was a different approach taken from that point forward after they had that blow up in, in New York. So I think the one thing that stands out to me, and, and this is going to be potentially a long-winded uh, thought that I'm going to say here, but we're going to talk about Jason Kidd later on this week on the podcast. He's obviously been in the news, obviously coaching Dallas this year. Um, who knows how that's going to pan out, but we're going to have a conversation about Jason Kidd. So I don't want to get into that right now, but I think when you think about that initial change and perhaps that self-belief and confidence level coming from Greg Popovich, and then you think Bud coming in and for all the criticisms you can have about Bud, um, some of them fair, some of them unfair over the last couple of seasons. The one thing that he's always been has been a relationship coach. And it's no surprise that he spent so much time in San Antonio under, under Greg Popovich. He's, he's had good relationships with players for the most part, but he's always had that reputation. And so I don't think that it should be a surprise that he's been able to get the best out of himself after being involved with, with Greg Popovich now for several national team campaigns, after being with Bud for a number of years there. And I've probably changed my tune on this a little bit over the last 12 months into thinking that I wondered going back to that 2019 season, okay, well, Chris Milton's had this great season. He was an all-star, but can he actually get any better? You know, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure where the ceiling was going to be for him. He's turned 30 only uh, last week or a couple of weeks ago. Chris turned 30. But if you look at the way that his game has continued to develop, and it's not just about making shots. I still think we've made the case for a, a better part of the last two seasons that he's potentially the best passer on the team. We've seen his assist numbers uh, go up, certainly in the postseason at times. It felt like he was one of the, the better facilitators on the team. He, you've been able to put in the ball in his hands a little bit more as well. He's tight, uh, tightened up that handle a little bit. So the point being that I think that this playoff run that Chris Middleton had, and you look at some of the performances he had, and this was something I tweeted out way back in July, but he's 35-plus point games. He had zero in the regular season. He had four in the postseason, and they always came at the biggest moments. Game three against Brooklyn when the Bucs were trailing 2-0. Game six against Brooklyn when they were trailing 3-2. Game three against Atlanta when the series was tied, but he had that 20-point fourth quarter to put the series back in Milwaukee's favor, which in the end proved pivotal when you understand what happened in game four. And then game four versus Phoenix, trailing 2-1. He has 40 points. The game winner you mentioned against Miami and then hit the game winner in overtime in Game 7 against Brooklyn as well. You talk about his comfortability in, in this offense and the way that he's been able to find his spot and his times to take over the game, the willingness of Giannis to let Chris do that, I think is also key in what, what makes Giannis so special. But I, I don't know, man. I, I really do think 
for all the question marks that there's, they've been out there, again, I think a lot of them were unfair. It does feel like this type of championship run, the way these guys were able to get it done in big moments, perhaps no one more so than Chris Milton, I don't know where the ceiling is. I know he's 30 years old. I'm not trying to say that he's got some huge leaps left in him, but I think the the course that we've sort of walked through here in terms of him finding that self-belief and and really not not just hoping that he can be one of those players, but seeing the evidence on the floor that he is as good as any of these guys. When you talk about basically going toe-to-toe with Devin Booker in terms of the numbers being more efficient coming up in bigger situations than him, I don't know, man. That has to count for something. I'm really excited to see what he can do because this playoff run and those numbers that I just read out there and the moments when he stood up, it was clutch. It was clutch in the biggest moments when when the Bucks again felt like they were about to crumble. It was almost always Chris, the one that would hit a couple of shots to get him back on track. Yeah, and you know, I've heard a lot this offseason that uh, what the Bucks did throughout the playoffs is something that is good for the team moving forward, obviously, to win a championship. But the, the whole experience that it instills this confidence in you, and I guess I agree, but it, I would still caution remains to be seen. And it's either good or bad that maybe there's too much confidence. But with Chris, it really felt like as you watched him, not only in the playoffs, but just throughout the course of the year, um, there was that underlying confidence and him basically knowing his abilities and basically being fine with you know here if I'm not putting up 30 points or 40 points and I'm not putting up the monster stat lines I don't really care because I know what I'm capable of doing and if the opportunity presents itself I'm going to take advantage of it that he just had that underlying very confident and coolness about him and that certainly was on display in the playoffs, too, and, and you just rattle off the biggest ones. I mean, the game winner against Miami, maybe the biggest performance, or at least one of the two or so biggest performances he had, though, was that game against Brooklyn in game three of the, the semifinals because, you know, that game could have gone either way. And for Chris to have 35 and 15 and hit some big shots in that game that they absolutely needed, it just seemed like all throughout this run, Giannis was tremendous. You had other guys step up, and and Drew Holiday had some big moments, but when there absolutely was a moment, they needed somebody to step up. And if the attention shifted to Giannis or Giannis wasn't on the floor and they just needed a basket, it was always Chris Middleton delivering in those spots. I mean, same with taking the series lead against Atlanta. To me, what stands out most is he only had five games throughout the playoffs. I know only isn't a bad thing, but there was only five games where he scored 30 or more points in this playoff run, and it just seemed like it was a lot more than that, that they played 23 games, and five of them he scored 30 or more. Now, obviously, again, the biggest games seemed to be when he scored 30 or more, that he had the career-high 40 points in a finals game to help the Bucs even that series. Again, game three against the Brooklyn Nets. Game six, after that deflating loss in game five against Kevin Durant, where he went nuclear and Chris Middleton shows up and sets a new playoff high at the time with 38 and has a near triple-double that he just seemed to pop up in those moments. And to me, it, it feels a lot like when you're playing pickup basketball and you all tab somebody as the best player on the court, but there's another guy that knows 
he actually is, but he's fine with taking a back seat to him. But when you need him to bail you out, he's there to do it. And it felt like that's what Chris did all throughout this run. Well, there can be no better, I guess, uh, positive affirmation than the results. I think this was the one thing we've always questioned with this team, and I think fairly so. Uh, We've seen them have big games individually. Uh, What we hadn't necessarily seen is their ability to uh, perhaps push some negative thoughts away or some some past experiences away and come back and win. And I think, you know, with Chris Middleton leading the way and obviously Giannis and all these guys, I'm very, very fascinated to see uh, how they handle uh, this regular season when things get a little bit tough. Certainly the postseason, that's a long way away. But uh, I just think in terms of showing fights and showing grit and being able to work through to win a title, uh, there was a lot of periods, as we've continually said, where things could have gone the other way and we'd be sitting here saying, well, is Chris Milton the guy? No. But instead, he had the 40-point game in game four of the finals, for instance. It was 2-2. They didn't go down 3-1. So I think for all of those guys, I'm really fascinated to see how that translates to them. But we needed to talk about Chris. Uh, Of course, if you are not just interested in basketball news, but uh, baseball news as the postseason heats up and NFL about to start in under two weeks, uh, you can get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of the local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. But this was fun because the Chris Milton story from the postseason, we all know, Justin, but there's certainly you know, different uh, periods of time during his stint with the Bucks. now eight years we know playing alongside Giannis where it hasn't gone to plan, where there's been significant setbacks, where you wondered, is he going to be the latest guy that perhaps heads elsewhere and becomes a really good player? And we look back and wonder what we lost or, or what the actual heights Chris Milton could get to. And I think that makes it all the more special. We know this, when you have guys that have been around the franchise for a long time and they're able to finally get that success, sometimes it's one guy... We've seen that with, uh, with Dirk, for instance, in Dallas, but in this case with the Bucks, you've got two genuine all-star players uh, that have been able to taste the success after a, a long period of time. And I think it's, it's such a Chris Milton thing that we're here at the end of August, a couple of months after or six weeks, however long it's been since the, the championship, and now we're having this podcast. It just feels so fitting because that really sums up Chris Milton, the player, and the way his career has gone. Six, so I just looked it up to... Uh... Six of his 10 highest scoring playoff games came during this run. And it's not like it's, well, I mean, he's only played in 30. He's played in almost 70 playoff games too. That it just shows you in the biggest moments and just with more time and getting better and better each year that he really did put on quite a show during the playoffs and save the best for last. Well, he played like a star. You know, this is one thing we've discussed over the years and certainly something that I said, if you are going to be critical of Chris Milton, be critical of the fact that he doesn't look to take over games and he doesn't get enough shots up. Uh, That certainly changed in this playoff run, which I think, again, has been a big part of why uh, we look at this guy now and look at him as a multiple-time All-Star, as as an NBA champion and a guy that uh, there's really no question marks over next year. People aren't worried about that anymore. They've seen him do it on the biggest stage in the biggest moments. I mentioned we're going to talk about Jason Kidd at some time this week. And the other thing we're going to do, I get positive feedback with these crossover pods that we do. So a few more of the contenders in the East, we're going to roll through, check out their off season, get some more info 
on the guys that the Bucks have brought in in the last few weeks as well. So it's going to be fun as we roll towards training camp, which we're very, very close. Where I am, we're under 12 hours away from September, a little bit longer for you guys in the US or wherever you are across the world. But that means that it is officially training training camp month, Justin. So before we know it, a couple of weeks, we'll blink and we'll be here talking about live basketball games again, and uh, and I'll be dragging you on the on the YouTube. You need a haircut or something. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you're used to being on camera now after yeah. the Bucks courtside life. Um, yeah, and it it sounds like I probably shouldn't reveal too much. I'm not sure what the future is of of courtside live. I had a, a meeting with that team uh, just a couple of days ago, but uh, unfortunately for Bucks fans, it sounds like they're they're gonna see more of my face. Mm in the arena and uh, who knows if that's courtside live or something else. So um, my apologies in advance, but uh, yeah, nobody gets, it gets tired of obviously seeing Giannis's face and, uh, and Chris Middleton from the way that he carried himself. So it is, uh, it's already hard to believe. I think as we record this, it's what a month from today is when we assume media day will be assuming there is a media day as we just had the virtual edition last year, but that's usually the day where media day is held and that's the unofficial signal to the start of the season because then camp starts and then you have preseason and then the preseason's done and the season's here. Well, someone better let Giannis know he's going to start playing basketball again soon and uh, enjoy the last few weeks of the, of the tour of Milwaukee, the public tour of Milwaukee, the parade. Uh, I think people will be will be happy to uh, enjoy a few more weeks of that. What, what what else does he have left to do? Basically, just show up randomly at cops and maybe go to a fish fry some Friday night. I haven't seen him on the hop. <laughs> uh, well, that's I think that's the best way we can possibly end this. Yeah, let's get on the hop. Come on, give them some give them some credit. Uh, but we will leave it there. We will be back tomorrow, of course. Uh, We've had our long weekend. We're back now for the week. Apologies for that. But for Justin and myself, we will catch you guys tomorrow.